fungus, we eat the 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 fungus, all right, kids. Today I'm feeling better. You know, yesterday was an off day for me. And, um, I don't know if there's allergies or the moon or the air pressure or my biorhythm, or what else I could blame it on. Maybe being weak and stupid. Maybe being a human. In any case, I got a nice <clears throat> night's sleep last night. And I tried to relax. So I'm full of great thoughts for you. And I spent the first half hour collecting my ideas so I could share them with you. And let's just start off with Eckhart Tolle and his idea of letting everything go. There's this great YouTube channel called After School, S-K-O-O-L. And Eckhart Tolle talks about narcissism falling in love with yourself and what is the self and Buddha described the awareness without the self as an empty space and Jesus said it was the kingdom of heaven is in your head it's open sky so basically what he's saying is that a vast empty space so I practiced this morning rejecting everything that I am, that I identify with, that makes me feel superior or good, and trying to get down to a base form of something that rejects everything as the ego, and then rejecting that finally. leaving the nervous system and then rejecting also the entire idea of identity with your body and seeing yourself as part of the world now I haven't rejected the world yet I guess that's the next logical step but while doing this I did have a great idea if I may say so myself something worth sharing it wasn't great Sure, it's nothing new. But what, it was the idea that we can't really relax. I was thinking, I can't relax, I'm walking. I have to watch out for cars. But then I realized, even if I'm lying on my couch at home, I can't really relax because I gotta get up and I gotta do work. I gotta, I got all these deadlines. I got all these things happening. 
got all these things happening. So, these things that, that won't let me relax. So I can either reject the idea of relaxation or reject all those ideas that won't let me react, relax. In any case, so that was something to think about. And I kind of got down to this body with a nervous system where it's like, the body's like, oh God, that brain is just, has some crazy idea again. You know? Thank God for these walks. So that was an idea I had. we got well I was thinking about discovering math I got deeper well I got deeper into Gödel numbers and they talked about rejecting Hilbert's hypothesis and Hilbert was working on piano p-e-a-n-o and Piano was working on defining arithmetic in the number system as sets. And the next thing would be the Zermala-Frankel set theory with his eight or nine or ten axioms. With the axioms of infinity and of choice being question in question. The axiom of choice. So I think we're going to have to study those axioms. Basically, we're going to have to study all the axioms. Or just those. In any case, I'm not going to bore you to death with them. But basically, I'm working my way down now from Gödel to his predecessors. Hilbert was a quite an interesting guy. And um, he created Hilbert spaces, which are used in quantum mechanics. And the mathematicians were great. In the 1800s. So talking about bodies being labored under the brain, just think about this mathematician who's working out these formulas or the guy who starves himself to death. I mean, we see a certain amount of neglect of the body here. 
certain form of extremism. A certain kind of person who excels at that. And I don't think that I am that type of person. I think I am less of a perfect memory and more impulsive, less logical, less rule-based, more ignorant. So those are some qualities that make me not the ideal mathematician. Maybe I'm lacking discipline. So these are things that I have to learn in order to get back on track. So I'm not going to belabor this point. I mean, anyone who's listened to me knows that I'm not a perfectly organized guy. Even if you're just a bit more organized than me, you'll be like rage unsubscribing by now. You'll be like, stop it! Or maybe you're so organized that you need someone who has chaos in your life <clears throat> to bring in some spice. Anyway, let's get on to the prime numbers now. And I was just going through and thinking about what I was doing with the prime numbers, just reviewing it now. Going back and reviewing my old thoughts with what I've learned. So first of all, <clears throat> I have a stupid kind of intuitism, which is like the first thought is the right thought, and we're going to go with it. First impression is the best impression, which is stupid by definition. It gives you something to explore, but it could just be completely random. It's not necessarily true. Looking at this library here. So, so uh let's uh let's talk about it some more so what i've what I've worked on previously was all prime numbers basically multiplication tables and um, different ways to visualize them using modulo and then taking the modulo of the multiplication and putting it onto bitmap. Well first I started with squares and then I went to bitmaps and um, 
And that was in two dimensions. Now, what if we just did a one-dimensional line? Right? Of a certain length. What would that look like? Or is that just a modulo one? Right? Or a certain modulo, yeah, modulo one. Two dimension, you know, two row line, modulo two. So we can see this just being a flipped call, a flipped table. So the, uh, the, well, okay, I'll tell you about the chickens in a bit. So let's continue. I have geese in front of me here. So even a number line could be seen as a certain modulo table turned on its side. But um, seeing things as the as the sphere and things emanating from the sphere. I still haven't given up on that, and that the, each one would be a unique angle. But basically, the idea would be that for every number, you could remember some angle. For, for every prime number would have a unique angle. But I'm starting to question that. It may or may not be true. I'm still working on that. But um, what I am looking at now is the prime number table where the sieve just takes the first prime factor and crosses it out. Um, but you could have multiple prime factors. So as lines. So all it does is it fills in the dots. It doesn't necessarily draw a line. It only draws a line for the twos and threes and so forth. But for the larger numbers, just skipped skip positions. I'm sorry, I'm going up a hill here. So my thoughts were that we really have unlimited number of prime factors in the end because every what was it all the the Goldbach conjectures that all even numbers are a multiplication of two primes
eight is, is an even number. It's a multiple of two to the third. It's not, it's one prime multiplied three times. Well, anyway, what I'm trying to get at here, kids, is that, um, when we describe this experiment of the winding and showing all the numbers as that table, the connectors between the tables, the tables of prime primes and its, and the powers, and that can describe all numbers. So every number is a geometric shape of some kind on that um, on that table. So I was thinking we could say the first prime factor is one table and the second prime factor is another table and we'd have an infinite number of tables the prime factors right one for each prime and we won't know what the primes are until we've identified a gap in the sieve. <clears throat> so the algorithm will append new prime tables to the end. And it's necessarily, we're necessarily um, listing them. So what I'm thinking is that the prime numbers give you the necessary list that you have to maintain. Like you can't get around that information. And it's basically for every number, you have a relationship to every other number. Plus the exponents. It's not really every other number, it's every other prime number. So the relationship is factors to factors. <clears throat> but it's quite the complicated relationship between a number and its factors. Because you could even include compound factors by multiplying the primes together. The good thing is that all the all the factors will be smaller than the number itself, unless we're dealing with negative factors or exotic things. relationship between every number and every 
prime number less than it. Or every other number less than it. And uh, this kind of gets into the piano arithmetic set. Where the last axiom, the fifth axiom of piano is saying that uh, there's a relationship between a number and all the numbers that are less than it. So So we could imagine the second table growing row by row every time we find a prime. It's the uh, second dimension. So if you have two dimensions, two-dimensional table or three-dimensional table. Okay, so the one axis, let's say the x-axis is going left to right, that is the number itself. And that keeps on growing, so we just start filling it out. And the second axis is the prime factors, the primes. But we could just start with all the other numbers. So we'll skip the primes. So these are all the factors. And then when they meet, we'll say, these are the factors. Is this a factor? Is this divisible by that number? Is that number divisible evenly? And I guess we could just say divisible with remainder in the column for a full list. So every number divisible by every other number less than it. And then when we go above it, it's how many times it divides into the other number. So we can basically show the relationship between each number where there's a one-to-one -one relationship when both meet up the diagonal going across the middle. And two goes into four two times, and four goes into two one-half times. So, so that's basically the relationship table. And now, prime number will divide evenly and it will have no divisors itself. So we have a recursion here where we look for every number We take the number and we look back at the table and we say, well, does it have any factors itself? So we could color or put a third marker as the recursive count of factors of each number. 
according to the table, and we could build it up from scratch. So each number could be colored with a count of its factors, and the prime ones would be white, let's say. Or some code, or a circle around them. And the factors of two, the multiples of two would have the most of factors, I suppose. So that's base, our basic representation, and I guess we could just start out with a multiplication table to begin with, and multiply every number times every other number, and the division table will just reverse that or invert it, and say this number is now divided by these two numbers. So this is the inverse of the multiplication table. It creates a division table. I don't have to pick up pennies very often anymore, but this one looks old. Just shows you how old I am. These coins as monuments or markers in time. The speed that coins are minted. The year. Okay. So we've gotten now multiplication table. We have the addition table. And the addition table is the derivative can be derived to the multiplication table where we skip regular beats. Just take the addition table and skip, skip down. Of course, we can calculate all this in him I want, but you can't calculate a prime easily. So the multiplication table or the division table 
with a recursion function would be the basis for primes. And that's still complicated. That's still up to n numbers, or n divided by two numbers. But they said that it's there's n, there's log n, or is it one over log n? There's some number that's related to log that defines how many prime numbers you have. And that has to do with the exponent number. Which is irrational. Transcendental, the E, the Euler number. So, okay, so I think we should stop here because I needed to do some more research. We've already exhausted what I thought about ahead of time. And um, we're not going to make a super long episode today because, well listen, I bet you haven't listened to all my episodes, so if you need more, you know where to find it. You know where to find it. You know where to get it. So I think I know what I'm going to say to the next scammer. I'm going to sympathize with them for their hard job of having to scam people all day long. Show some sympathy. Be like, I'm sorry, I really am. I feel sorry for you that you have to do this job. I know it must be hard to find work. feel like you have no other option except to do this. But you're really wasting your time on me, so I'll make it easy for you. I'm not buying anything. I'm not giving you any information about myself. You're just wasting your time. So have a nice day.
please remove me from your database. How's that? Boy, these birds are really fighting. You hear that? Super high-pitched tweeter, not the geese. So I started on eating less and getting more sleep. I'm getting back onto my 75 hard. Maintain some form of diet, drink lots of water. I have been eating too much. Okay, so what else is new? I don't have too much to share right now. I think I shared my important ideas. And um, <clears throat> we're not going to go into conspiracy theories or anything like that. Except to say that we don't know and it's going to be hard to find out. So I'd say don't act rash, just wait and see. You know, we're all put into some situations. <sighs> we're all put into some situations. So, now I'm thinking about work. So, guys, I'm going to let you go. I'll see you in the next episode. Or maybe if I feel like saying anything, I'll log back in and drop a new track. See ya. Okay, well, I'm just going to go over this table idea just a little bit more in my head. So you're welcome to join me. 
And we'll start with the number two. So if we start with the number two, and then we go to three, it's some irrational, uh, some two thirds, right? Morning. But when we go to uh, when we go to uh, four, right? It divides into four by two. But four doesn't divide into two evenly. It divides it into one half. So all the numbers, because two is a prime. not going to have any whole number uh, divisors so that one part of the table so if we choose let's say we're going from left to right in the second row or from top to down you've got two will appear twice, right? Now on the multiplication table, two is going to only appear once. Right? Or one times two, or two times one, okay, that doesn't count. And that's it. You're not going to see two in the multiplication table at all. So that makes it a prime. So if we just fill out the multiplication table, any numbers that appear on the multiplication table will be compound numbers. They won't be primes. And the number of times they appear will be the factors. So if we flip that to a division table, just have to work out the, the details. So let's just go through the twos column. Two divided by one would be two, and that goes into the into the twos column in the first cell. So one divided by anything is itself. Or one. So the first column will just be the same number again, all the way down. And then the second column, it'll say one half for the first row, which is one, and then the second column, which is two. And then the second column, the second row, will be 2 divided by 2 is 1. So it evenly divides with no remainder. Remainder is 0. So there's the prime number there. Now this, the third row is 3 over 2. 
which is one with a remainder of one. And then four over two, because it divides two times with a remainder of zero. So that will continue down that pattern um, all the way down. So you won't see a one occurring except in the number itself. Now three will be similar. Someone was writing to me from work. Why are they working so early? Well, this guy's super motivated. Okay. So the four force table will show up as four to one, two, two, four to two, which is one half. So it's already divisible by another number, you see. three-fourths, yeah, and four to two, one-half, that divides evenly with no remainder. Which is, well, one-half of four is, is two. So four divided by two is two. And uh, that's the factor. So it'll go four, two, and then four thirds. Which is four divided by three, and then it'll go to one. So 
you can see that it's not a prime you can see that it's not a prime number See, it's not a prime number. Because it's divisible by numbers other than one wholly. So when we go to three, well, we check three, which would be three into one is three. Three seconds is a broken number. It's one and a half. And then three divided by three is one, and that's a prime. So you basically have to check all the numbers below. Now five is five, five halves, five thirds, and then five fourths, and then one. So we're getting closer to one slowly. Now six. Six is going to be six ones. Now six over two is going to be three. So now we have our first factor, whole number divisor. And six over three is two, so it's gonna say three, one, three, two. And six fourths won't divide evenly. It'll be remainder four, zero remainder four. Or one and two fourths. Is that one and one half? It's just the same as half of third. Okay. Well, half of third and four of six makes sense because it's a multiple of each other. So we can look at some of these angles, these ratios being the same. And we can get into the whole rational number bit next. Which we haven't yet. And then six fifths is five and one fifth. And then six. Now if we go to seven, it'll be seven all the way down. So it'll be seven over one, seven over two. So two goes into seven three times with a remainder of one. Seven over three goes over two times with a remainder of one. So it's just like six with a remainder of one. 
four goes in there once with a remainder of three. Five goes in there once with a remainder of two. Six goes in once with a remainder of one. And seven. So seven's a prime number, it's just six plus one. Pretty weak prime number. It's not strong like a Russian ox. Well, five is just six minus one, isn't it? And we saw that on the uh, six powers of six that these are pairs. And six is just three times two. So let's continue with eight. Eight ones is easy, eight twos is four. Eight threes is eight over three is four plus one, I suppose. No, three times two plus two. And uh, over four is just two times exactly. Over five is one plus three, three fifths. And six is one and two sixth. Seven is one and one, and you got eight. But I think six we should look at six one more time. So eight sixths can be divided by two into four thirds. And four thirds one and one-third, since that's the same, it's a harmonic of four-thirds. So we have all types of relationships here that are interesting, that are beyond the prime. We're kind of getting into rational numbers, modulo, um, the whole division idea. Now, have we identified the primes? Well, nine, nine over two, it's gonna be four twos, which is eight plus one. Plus one, two, one over two. 
one half. And then nine divided by three goes in three evenly. Three squared. Oh, look at that cardinal. I gotta get a picture of this. And then 9 over 4 Well, 4 goes in there twice So 2 fours. Plus 1 fourth which is 2.5, a quarter. It's four and a quarter. So we got some interesting stuff going on. Look at this goose. It's really beautiful here on the river. People have beautiful houses. Mount Vernon Avenue and is it River Riverside? It is Riverside. So, so basically what we're getting into here is a division table 
And if we can show that things divide with a zero remainder, if they divide evenly, then they're not prime. They have multiple zeros in the remainder column, then they're not um, prime. So you're only allowed to have one zero. And then all the other numbers that divide zero, divided by zero, if it's not a prime, will have to be primes themselves or reduced to primes. My dad was just writing to me. He said he has a tele he can see Telegram notifications, but he has his browser closed. Is that good or bad? So we're still not solving the problem of. Uh, We saw that the, the number was um, that nine was dividable into four, but it had the was the same as dividing it into two. So if we reduce the uh, fraction, then that will also if we reduce the fraction. And that will also uh, reduce the fraction. Like four goes into eight goes into four twice, but eight goes into two four times. And uh, eight divided by four can be just halved into four divided by two. This is the same ratio. Which would mean that there is a relationship between the factors. This gets into least common divisor. So we're going to need to think about this a little bit longer, and soon we're going to have our greatest common multiples least common divisors, prime factors, all interrelated.
into a nice web which will serve us for the algebra. We can close off this first chapter. But I'm, I'm starting to think that they're necessary. It's a necessary complexity that you can't reduce. And if you could reduce it, then And it wouldn't be there. It's a necessary skeleton structure of logic and physicality that even if we take these successors and have algebra or numbers completely abstracted away, then we're just going to get into multiples and factors as harmonics between the size of the successors, the length of strings, how many times does something fit into another, quantities, this nice new fence. So I will comment that Fencing material is very expensive. Building material is going way up. Everyone wants a, a fence now. something for you guys.